0: For those of you who were watching us live a few minutes ago when I was down by the river, my phone died and we lost mm-hmm. that recording. So um, yeah, so we're going to pretend like we never talked this morning, right, Charmaine? Starting
1: fresh. <laughs> a full day right. <laughs> All right. So
0: Charmaine, you're an Olympian, you're a, Ca- a Calgary businesswoman, you are a fitness guru and fat loss expert and a mom and a wife and um tell us how you got into (laughs) the world of of olympic
1: snowboarding yeah well thanks for uh thanks for having me on and this is gonna be fun to chat so i got i don't know i find it interesting talking about this it feels so long ago however i enjoyed skiing as a kid I grew up here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and we would go skiing, you know, ski weekends to Sunshine Village and things like that. And then I started snowboarding here and there in my teens. And when I was 18, I actually went with my little brother, who was a competitive snowboarder, and I was like, I'm going to enter this competition. I'm not that bad at snowboarding. So I entered, and it was a half-pipe competition, and I ended up dead blast and it didn't stop me. I actually, um, I just loved it. I loved the competition. I've never been competitive in anything. Um, and I just decided I want to do this. I want to pursue this sport. And I was in grade 12 at that time. I was 18 years old. And I, I took my spare periods at high school. I would drive out to the local ski hill and practice. And within, uh, within a few months, I kind of knew I knew that I wanted to pursue this. And so I hired a coach. I got on a little team and I was like way older than everyone else. They're all like 13 and I was 18. And I just, I just started training and, and within about, I set my goals high. I was like, I want to go to the 2010 Olympics, which maybe most people thought was like a pipe dream. But I knew if I worked hard, like I really had this conviction that anything would be possible if I worked hard at it. And that's kind of what I, what I'm proud about about that story is that I didn't take other people's opinion as my reality. And I think that's so important as entrepreneurs, um, just to, if it's in our heart and we're willing to work hard for it, if not even hard, but, you know, put the the hours in and, and do the work, then we can accomplish pretty amazing, very amazing things. And if, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think there's, there's, I find there's one of two reasons why people are telling us we can't do it. It's either because they're jealous and they want to do it, but they don't have the energy or the time or something they feel is holding them back. That they don't want you to achieve that success. It's like a jealousy. I hate to admit that, but I really do feel like that's been true for me in my life with some of the things I've wanted to do. And then the other reason is they don't want you to get hurt if you fall on your face. They don't want you to feel failure. They think failure is bad, right? I think a lot of people think failure is bad. And I, I definitely don't believe that I think failure is awesome. And I think, you know, um, you know, my son, for example, I've never been the kind of person to or mother to say, don't go out and try for that big goal, whether or not I think he can achieve it, because what's the worst that can happen, right? Like, so good for you for just charging ahead when you weren't necessarily getting a ton of encouragement. (laughs)
1: And when you were feeling like you were way older than the other kids and like, maybe you shouldn't
0: be like, yeah, good for you for being, uh, being different and, and chasing your dreams. So did you, so you went to the, this is one thing that I I don't even really know. Like you went to the Olympics, you, you met like all the standards you achieved, you hit, you know, you exceeded the bar and then you get there and what happened All right, printers. before we continue on with this interview with Charmaine Ironside, I just wanted to say that um, I did take a week off last week from the podcast because we had our first ever YYC Printers Christmas party, and it was awesome. Um, I'm going to put some videos... uh, Well, if you're watching this on YouTube, you already know that there's going to be some videos at the end, some little clips from the party. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple or Amazon or any of those you can head over to YouTube and actually watch this recording, the video of it on YouTube at youtube.com slash um, We're gonna be having more live in-person events in the Calgary area and some virtual events. So no, matter, no matter where you are, you can join us for those events early in 2022. And if you wanna get in invites to those events, you need to be on our email list, which you can do, you can sign up for at yycfempreneurs.com. All right, let's jump back into the interview.
1: Well, yeah, so when I was 18, I started competing by, I think I was 21 when I was invited to be on the Canadian development team, and then another year year later, I was on the Canadian national team, going World Cups all over the world, representing Canada, and um, I was ranked second in Canada, so the top four would represent our country at the Olympics in 2010 in Vancouver, and I was ranked second in Canada, and this was 11 months before the Olympics. So, I mean, I when I was like on an upward trajectory, like things were going really well. And then I ended up crashing um, in a training accident and I actually burst my T12 vertebrae um, into like a hundred pieces. I was almost paralyzed. I remember getting, going to the hospital in Banff and they said, like, you need to go straight to Calgary in an ambulance. Like, um, I wasn't moving, I couldn't move my legs. I I was terrified that I was um, paralyzed fully. Um, and so I re- I remember with my dad, I remember looking at my dad after they told him what was happening. And they told him, I need to go for emergency surgery. They didn't know if I would ever walk again. And they needed to take all the pieces of bone that were in my spinal cord and try to put a cage in my back and like try to piece my, my spine um, back together. And anyways, lo- lots of details, lots of things happened, but I had to relearn how to walk. The doctor said he won't snowboard again. Um, mm-hmm. And I, this is part of what I was sharing before, but, I never, and this can be a blessing and a curse, but I, I'm, I'm gr- grateful for this, is I never take someone else's diagnosis as my reality. Just like mm. when people say you're too old to start snowboarding competitively or no. you won't have a successful business, don't bother, or you are no, you might never snowboard again or even walk properly again. I was just like, that just fuels me, <laughs> which is kind of like a sick Thing, but maybe that's a good entrepreneur trait is like when yeah. someone told me I can't do something I'm like let me show you how I can and so it's kind of funny I've done that in a lot of places and sometimes it bites me but I still wouldn't take that trait away. <laughs>
0: Wow. So you were so close to competing at the Olympics and you crashed and everything changed for you. So the The diagnosis,
1: the cool part of the story, well, the icing on the cake was I did snowboard again. And I actually nine months later was at the Olympic qualifier before the 2010 games. I'm like, I'm going to do my darndest to get back like into the fold. And I ended up actually crashing at that event, breaking my tailbone. And the doctor was like, and this is when a doctor was, I really took their advice and was like, okay, he's like, you have to take care of your body. You're going to have a ton of issues if you don't. And like, he just sat me down and lovingly explained, if I kept doing this to my body, I was probably going to end up paralyzed. And so it was enough for me to say, okay, I'm not going to push. And so I got to be actually an Olympic forerunner and an alternate for our team so i got to be at the 2010 games with the team so i got to no kind worries. of have it was bittersweet because i wanted to be really you know competitive but um that was kind of uh, how i was able to go out peacefully i guess you could say and knowing i did everything i could because i really did i worked my butt off to recover and i'm grateful for that too because um i don't think i'd be as functional as i am today if i hadn't really like worked hard you know
0: Yeah. And I think you were saying earlier too, that you had sort of trained differently than what you were seeing the other snowboarders doing. You were doing more, what, like powerlifting, weightlifting, and they weren't doing that? Or like, what was the difference between, and that you weren't even necessarily being encouraged to train the way you were training, you were doing what you thought was good? Or how did that work?
1: Yeah. Well, back then, this is like, Nowadays, like I think most snowboarders train like in the gym, <laughs> but back then it wasn't re- when I first started, it wasn't really that popular and it was more like casual, you know, go rock out some tricks and just have fun. You to do the, the sport and that's your training and that's it, just snowboard. Yeah, and wow, so I knew. I knew a decent amount about fitness and exercise. and I actually was in, when I was 19, I started kinesiology at at university. So I loved learning about the body. And and I thought, well, I'm going to have to leapfrog and work really hard to get to the Olympics if I want to try to start when I'm 18. So that's what kind of got me like in the gym, training, setting goals. I was Uh, like a huge geek. Like you would see me hiking the half pipe and like I had little drills and stuff. Like I was really geeky about... But now that wouldn't be geeky, that would be normal. But I, I was really like specific how I trained and I always had my high intention and my goal list and I would check things off. And I was always very focused on my goal. And so I, I do, I know that was, I know that was why I was able to achieve what I did in a short time. Wow. And I think for have entrepreneurs, you had it's the same thing. Life? Be yeah. geeky, have a to-do yes. list, have an intention. do the work every day that's the secret there's no secret sauce Mm -hmm. there's no perfect system Mm -hmm. it's like show up do the work um, measure your success celebrate your success set a new goal it's just like a formula and Mm -hmm. i yeah i love i loved the formulaic nature of it you put in the work you get the reward (laughs) yeah so
0: you had all this knowledge of of fitness from your kinesiology degree um you paired that with Becoming an actual Olympic athlete, so you have the proof of the pudding. At what point did that spark go, uh, you know, ignite in you to to have your own business, like the side Fitness business that you eventually opened?
1: Yeah, well, I once snowboarding became not an option really because my body did have some physical limitations, and I just couldn't get back to where I was no matter how hard I tried physically and mentally. Um, I have only 50% of the nerves in my left leg fire now. And so there wasn't really. it's not like I, I still tried and I still believe I can, I do believe there's power of the mind and all that. Um, but physically I, I, it wasn't safe to keep doing what I was doing. Um, so I shifted my focus to my education and I ended up, um, becoming a kinesiologist which is like a fancy word for it. It's like a gym teacher kind of like at university. Um, and yeah, no, that's actually not really what it is, but it's learning about the human body. It used to be called phys ed. Um, anyway, so I decided to become a personal trainer and I just loved how I could help people get stronger physically and mentally and emotionally. And I thought, okay, this will just be like a part-time side side job while I, um, go and become a physical therapist, or a chiropractor or something. And then I ended up just loving it. And I I thought, I have this like entrepreneurial drive too, so I started working at a gym. And I'm, I'm getting paid 20 bucks an hour. And the people are paying $80 a session. And I'm thinking there's something um, wrong here. And I was like, uh, really? Um, I don't know, I just and I didn't love the way the gym was run either. So then I, I uh, decided I'm going to find somewhere that I can just train my clients and rent space and kind of run my own business. And that was the start of, um, that was the start of Ironside Fitness.
0: Yeah. And then your husband got on board. Is he a trainer as well? What's his background? What does
1: he do? (laughs) He's a, he's a civil engineer and, um, he got certified as a trainer. He's, he's, he's fit. He likes fitness. He actually, since all of this COVID and our business is shutting down, he's gone back to engineering. Um, But yeah, he, as soon as I went from renting space to actually opening my own studio, he actually left his career as an engineer, um, you know, six figure career and just came and helped me build Ironside for seven years. We worked on it together um, to bake the two studios and, he, uh, yeah, he was amazing. He did all the things that I was not good at, <laughs> so I was very wow. So you guys are just a team,
0: you're the perfect team,
1: yeah. So and now, you had tell us
0: the numbers again. You had like you said 500 members,
1: yeah. We had when we ended up closing, we had close to 500 members, um, 23 staff, including like Edmund and trainers, and and yeah, I mean. I, I know I was sharing a little bit about like what happened yeah. with that and long story short, as everyone experienced in March, 2020, mm-hmm. you know, we, we heard these rumblings about this virus. And I remember, I remember my, um, uh, my daughter came home and she said, mom, um, Ellie said that, um, it's, uh, it's part of everyday life now. And I remember the virus And I was like, no, 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 that's not true. Like I just, it's not like, I just like had no idea. I thought it was just going to be a little thing and um, let alone our little Ellie knew, (laughs) anyways. um, But so we shifted online. I think it was March 17th or something like that that we went online and then we pivoted quickly which I was really proud of. Our team went online. We got all these Zoom sessions going. And unfortunately, we weren't in a position financially to weather much of a storm. And that's mm. a huge entrepreneur lesson for me. Um, you, we should, I believe, have a safety net and some money saved so that if we need some downtime or the economy crashes or COVID hits, we have a little bit of a buffer. And I, we didn't have that. And um, so what a lot of clients put their memberships on hold, stop paying membership fees and and no, I mean, no fault to them. What if they don't want to be online, I get it. Mm -hmm. And we didn't really, I was kind of short sighted thinking this won't last long. And um, my husband knew the numbers. That's something else as an entrepreneur I've learned in the last two years is like, you got to know your own numbers. Like I was very head in the sand. I don't want to know, I just want to have fun. I want to run a business but like he was the one with the numbers and he finally said, Charmaine, we have less than a month of payroll and like, we're not going to be able to pay our staff if we keep going. And I, and once I saw that like paper, the numbers, it clicked for me, like, and I was exhausted too. I was mentally physically exhausted from just grinding and trying to keep the place alive. Um, And so I made that, I guess it was a decision. Some people would say I could have fought harder, um, taken more loans and all the kinds of stuff. But I just said, I don't, I don't want to fight. I don't want to go into more debt. I don't want to, I just, yeah. So we ended up just letting our staff and members know that we weren't going to be operating Ironside Fitness anymore. And Yeah, And they were like, oh, like, you're coming back, right? And I'm like, no, like, we're letting the leases go, like, we're done. Mm -hmm. And so it was a, it was a really sad time and a hard decision. And I mean, in retrospect, I cannot imagine running a studio right now. I have no, um, I couldn't do it. I would not show vaccine passports. I would not, I couldn't do it. It would break my heart. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm so grateful to be out right now. And I not mm-hmm. to say I'll never be back in. And I'm not against the thing, by the way. I just it doesn't feel right to me to check someone's health records to go to a gym. Yeah, totally. And that's my own Definitely. opinion. But yeah. I w- it would be soul-crushing to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you um... – that's a lot. Sorry, that, that was that's a lot. <laughs> that's like – that must like you just breezed us through what sounds like the most hell. difficult hell. thing you like aside from your back injury, mo- probably the most difficult thing you know you went through. And and the thing I'm kind of feeling like I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. Obviously, I have no idea. But the thing that's different about this, um, you know, closing the business is it affected so many people. You getting a back injury, you know, affects you and your immediate circle. I mean, you shutting your business and all these people that you know they 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 looked forward to coming to the gym to the community to seeing your face seeing each other your staff like that must have just been like no wonder you tried to just put your head in the sand and be like it's going to be okay cuz like that just must have been the most awful day to tell all those people it's not happening anymore it's done it's over like wow do like can you like yeah i don't want you to be dramatic or cry or anything but like i just feel like I want to know what that would be like. Like that day, what we, what, what were you well, feeling?
1: Like how did you cope? Did you drink a lot of alcohol? Did you take a lot of hot baths? Like what did oh you do? I do baths now and tea, but back then it was definitely wine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and and to be transparent, I and mean, I learned a lot of lessons through all of it. I actually tried to keep a strong face and like you know, try to not tell anyone how much of a struggle it had been and how much of a struggle it was. Hi, Jody. One of Mm -hmm. our coaches just jumped on. Um, But I, that's my biggest regret is not being more transparent with the staff and the clients and saying, we're struggling. I don't think we're going to make it like, but I tried to push and keep it going and put on a brave face every day. And then it was like, boom, we're not going to make it. We're done. And it was too, it was too dramatic and it didn't have to be so dramatic. Um, And the only reason it was, was because of my pride and my just not really ever asking for people's support. And I'm better at that now. I tell people when I'm struggling now and I share what's going on and I'm transparent. And I wasn't like that as a business owner. I was very like private and, um, And so, yeah, I I hold, the worst part was telling my two full-time staff um, because they were, like, full salary. The rest of the staff was, it was hard, too, but they were, you know, they all had a lot of other things going on. Um, But Mm -hmm. I wish I had shared more of the journey, um, what had been, you know, what came up to that day, because it came as such a shock to them. And if I had been more honest and transparent, it didn't have to be like that. And now we don't have a relationship Um, there's, I don't know if there's hard feelings, but there's definitely not like friendship or, and we, we were close. Like we, you know, we rode together and made that business a go for many years. So that's, that's painful to share because, um, it's still a hole. Like it's still not, I don't, I don't hold any resentment. Of course. I just like, I feel sad. I mean, I hurt those people and Mm -hmm. I've tried to make amends, but I think it's like sometimes you just can't go back. You can't, you can't,
2: you can try, but
1: the writing's mm-hmm. on the wall. So that's mm-hmm. my big learning is like, be honest and just share. And you don't need to be this hero that's carrying all the world weight of the world on your shoulders. Um, mm-hmm. And I bet like they could have helped and they could have done more and they could have We could have found other solutions if I had like been more collaborative. So I do have some regret there for sure.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And you were saying that at the peak
0: kind of of your business right before the C word hit, you know, you things were rocking and you weren't seeing your daughter very much like pretty much her whole upbringing was you building a business simultaneously. And so that sounds like a positive of you leaving that business and that kind of stress and that kind of, you know, all those energy suckers that used to be the business. Now she's getting that from you. Is that,
1: yeah. And I mean, I've shared this a few times and I never share it like lightly, but like this has been the, this whole last two years has been the biggest wake up call for me. It's actually been like such a blessing for me to be able to take a step back. And I think everyone got to be stuck at home and reevaluate their lives. Mm-hmm. And if someone didn't do that in the last two years, I'm like, you missed an opportunity because I think, not that you can't do it now, but it's like, I feel like you couldn't ignore yourself. You had to look at your patterns and your stuff. And I mean, double on top of that, losing a business or or, or closing a business abruptly. Um, I learned a lot and then it shifted to like, this was actually, And I hate saying it because I know so many clients were hurt by this and miss the studio greatly and still miss it. I still get messages, people saying, I still haven't found a community like yours. I I haven't been exercising and it breaks my heart because it was a special place. It was there for over seven years. And some of the people with their friendships started there and, but, but just, sorry, just that's kind of off topic. But in terms of my family, it ended up being such a blessing because I was forced home and I was forced to take time with my kid and both both my kids but especially my daughter and I realized I could not believe like what a cool little person she was and how much I did not know that because I wasn't present with her and I was too busy with the studio um I was a workaholic and I think it could have been any business but that business was not easy. I had, I felt like I had to be there all the time or a lot. We had two locations. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like, because I'm such a proud person, I wouldn't have shut them down. I wouldn't have walked away. I wouldn't have, I would have just kept fighting for it. And then Mm -hmm. it would have just been more years of not never realizing how much I was missing with my kids. Yeah. So it's like a blessing in disguise, I would say. Right.
0: But you haven't stopped supporting people and helping them with their fitness through classes, live classes with you, of course, virtually now. Um, and you're still doing some personal training, you know, one-on-one here and there where you can, like you're still operating in the role that you did before, minus all the admin stuff and the managing other people and staff, like you're still available if they want you. It just looks different now, Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I I always dreamed of having an online business. And I never quite did it. And then it was like forced. And now I love it. It's so simple. It's so fun. Simple is my number one, like, like, my business is simple. It's fun. It's easy to run. It gets people results. It makes an impact. Like those are the things that are important to me, but simple is like one of the top of the list. Cause I don't want complicated. I don't want a million moving parts. Yeah. I don't have that anymore. And I love it. I love just simplicity, especially yeah. at this stage of life. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, i love to go to, a- yeah, I'd love to go teach to a live with. class with like people that I could high five and, and I will, you know, sooner or later, mm-hmm. but I love the online right now and it works and it's convenient and uh, I can still share my energy. And in fact, I think I have to be more energetic online to get that across. So that's been kind of fun fun too, is like raising my energy.
0: Can you speak to, speaking like of this, this raising the energy and doing a little, doing things a little differently online, can you speak to the personal trainers and the people that worked in the fitness industry, you know, pre 2020 that are trying to build their online businesses? Like, how did you do it? Like, what did you do that? You look back and think I totally nailed that and thank God I did that that way. Or thank God I sent that email and said that thing or whatever, like anything like that come to
1: mind. Um, I mean, (laughs) I mean, in terms of being online, I think it's focusing on like who wants that and like, what are the benefits? There's no drive time. You don't have to be embarrassed at the gym. If you're kind of a private person, you know, it's, it's really efficient. It's effective. No Um, one can smell you. (laughs) Nobody can smell you. You don't have to wear deodorant or brush your teeth before you work out. Like, Like there's benefits there. And, um, I don't know. I mean I I don't know, like from a marketing perspective, one of the biggest things I've learned is like we don't sell like the thing, like the fitness, we we share about the benefit of it. So like mm-hmm. it's like they say don't sell the airplane, like you're gonna sit in a seat and you're gonna put on a seatbelt and you're gonna wear a mask and you're not gonna be able to move for three hours. They don't sell that, they sell the destination. You're going to be on a beach in Mexico, drinking a yeah. pina colada. So then yeah. um, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like, you're gonna. your clothes are going to fit well. You're going to have all day energy. You're going to love what you see mm. in the mirror. You're going to live a long yeah. life. You're going to move well and you're going to hike and you're going to be the first in the pack instead of the last in the pack. And it's like, mm. you share that vision of why we do it. Sell the result, mm. like Stacy said, yeah. um, and I used to mm-hmm. be like, we're going to do squats and we're going to do this perfect form and we're going to, you know, do a movement analysis. And, and sure, some people love that, and eat that up. But I'm like, now I realize like, no, people want to know, like, how's it going to change their life? And that's what's going to get them emotional and excited enough to do it consistently. Yeah. Um, so that's like a little marketing thing. But yes. um, I don't know. I, uh, I don't think I have it. Yeah, nobody wants to do burpees. That's so funny. Stacey said that because I still struggle with that, to be honest. I'll be transparent. My weight loss business has grown, but my fitness business has stayed steady. And most of the people that are doing it came from the studio and went online and stayed online. So I'm not a pro at getting new clients um, in terms of fitness. I can do it for fat loss, but for fitness, it's like what Stacy said, I'm like trying to be like, let's do burpees, they're so fun. And I don't think that message resonates with most people. So I got to take my own advice and remember that people want the body of their dreams and the feel good and all of that. They don't want to know what it's going to take. They don't want to sit in the chair on the airplane and smell recycled air and eat pretzels and be stuck for three hours. They want to be on the beach and that's what that's, we got to sell that destination, right? Anyway, that's a little side <laughs> tangent. <laughs> well,
0: no, but that's exactly what I wanted you to share was something like that. Some of those, some of those tactical things that these personal trainers can do, because you know a, a lot of them are similar to you in that they've got you know a few hundred contacts, people that have trained with them in the past, and now they're trying to turn them into online clients. But they're obviously not delivering the message in the right way. You know, and sometimes it's just not the right time. But I think ultimately it's not like. You know, uh eight weeks of twice a week for, you know, three ninety five includes a monthly check-in and meal planning meeting. Like that's describing the seat and the crappy airplane food. That's not describing the results. So I think your marketing tip that you just shared is so awesome. So
1: thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. I I used to resist marketing and think it like no, I'll just I'll build it and they will come. I did that with our studio and no one came. (laughs) So I think it's the best thing as an entrepreneur to fall in love with marketing and not see it as the sleazy salesy thing, but see it as this is how you're gonna get someone to get emotional enough to change their lives. And I used to think of it, oh, I don't wanna be pushy, but actually it's not pushy. It's just being excited about what you offer and knowing it will transform someone's life. And they feel that and then they register and then they change their life. Otherwise they just keep doing the same old thing they've always done and get the same result. And, um, so yeah, I had to really change my attitude about marketing. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I think I think you obviously do a good job of being excited about the results and being excited for them and the results that you believe confidently they can achieve and then they start to believe it too. Like that's the energy I get from you is like you've got this real calm, cool, collected, kind of badass like but caring too, like you've got this really good vibe about you. And then when you put it into words, like all the things you just said, like you're going to have energy, you're going to go hiking, you know, you're going to, your clothes are going to fit well, like all those things. Like that's like, I can see why people get excited to, to keep, to keep around you really. And I think that's a big part of it. It's like being a person that people want to be around because you know, you got to be fun. And, yeah. and you were saying you've got to be more fun and more exciting now that it's online. And so that's, that's pretty awesome. Do you do little contests or any kind of things to keep the excitement going or to make things new or like how have you kind of built that excitement and changed the way it works now online?
1: Well, I mean, this might sound, I know you're you're asking before about specifically for trainers, but like, yeah, I think it's important to have some community aspect or some, connection. And I was always big on that at Ironside Fitness, high fives, which turns into elbow bumps, which then was like air high (laughs) fives. Because of the virus, but or whatever. But I I still I'm like, high fives. I'm like, come on over here. Like, I'm like, give me a virtual high five. Like, I'm not kidding around. (laughs) Um, Or like, we cheers our water bottles. Um, I ask them to like, we're gonna do cardio. Let let me know in the chat your favorite cardio. Um, I do little like, competitions like how many th- of this can you do in the next two minutes and then type it in the chat and like i make it kind of interactive because i do i do group workouts um but even one-on-one i mean i think the energy is different but it's so important it's not really about the workout it's like how do they feel during and after it and what does their brain remember about it and if it's boring and it's always the same.
0: Oh, I think maybe her phone's ringing. (laughs) Is she coming back? Hello? Charmaine, you're frozen. All right. Well, hopefully Charmaine uh, comes back to us here. Oh, she has to come back in. There we go. (laughs) I think she's coming back. There she is. Oh, no, we lost her. Um, okay. Where'd she go? There she is. Okay, we'll get her
1: back here. There you are. I, I your phone ring. It just zipped me out of there. Oh, weird. <laughs> okay. Well, we're good. sorry. No, no, it's all good. Um, anyways, if anyone's watching and wants to know more, like, a way to make your workouts more engaging, I could talk for days about that. But, um... I think if it's not fun, then no one's going to stick to it Yeah. or there's not variety or results. I mean, some people are just there for the result, and that's great. And then it can also be fun and like, and for me, it's not just about fitness. It's about mindset and like, liking what you see in the mirror and celebrating Mm -hmm. your body and listening to your body. And so it's like more than just a workout to me. And, um, Mm -hmm. You'll never hear me say like critical stuff. I'm like, I just want people to feel so good. And just even that they showed up, they don't even do anything for 40 minutes and they just march on the spot. It's like, at least you showed up and star. I just don't think, especially for people that exercise is a chore. I want exercise to be fun and that you look forward to it. And so there's lots of mindset stuff intertwined too. So you were saying that
0: this this new business like you basically have a new business now it's way simpler and you love it um and you said that before when you had your business it was like paycheck to paycheck massive overhead massive income but they were kind of like they were kind of doing this all the time and i think you said before like when you have a chunk of money all of a sudden you're like woo new equipment invest it back into the business buy mugs for my team like you were just like all about the business and now You don't really have any of that, but you have a pretty decent income based on our conversation. Like, like, I don't know. Like, tell us more about how you, how you structure it. Like how many workouts per week? Is there one price point or do people get an option of different memberships? Like, how are you running that part of your business now?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, a big thing that I learned in from having business coaches in fitness is like, it has to be evergreen. It has to be continuity. You're not going to be like, here's sell sell six sessions or a drop-in card. That's Mm. the recipe for like failure from what I learned. And it resonated Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. my job is to get results and to build community and um, to get people to be consistent. So if I'm selling a drop-in pass, that's not consistent. And I know for some people that works. And that's awesome. I'm not doing to poo poo that but my passion was like, let's get you really strong and fit. And like, that doesn't happen with one workout a month, you know, and I mean, one workout a month is better than no workout. Um, but anyways, I kept it simple. And so it's just a weekly membership they pay and they can pause it, um, they can stop at any time. But and then there's if people want to pay for six months in advance, they can get a discount that way. But yeah, it's very simple. It's not like our old business, we had all these different pay structures once a week, twice a week, three times a week, four times a week, unlimited, and then like um, paid in advance. Anyways, it was too confusing. Um, so now I'm like, we've got one, basically just one thing. And it's just nice. And and people say, I wish you had a drop in. It's like, hey, I, I get that. And it's not my philosophy. Um, yeah, I want to get to know you. I want to know your injuries. I want to know what your your goals are. I want to build a, a relationship that's not just like, see you once a month. And, you know, and I think
2: yeah. there's
1: a quote, I don't know if it's a quote, but it, it says when you pay, you pay attention. And mm-hmm. so if someone knows that every month or every week, there's nothing coming out of their bank account, they're investing their money, they're going to invest their time and energy too. And that's just how it works. It's mm-hmm. like a law. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I'm like, it's same with me with coaches if I don't pay and it's just a freebie I don't value it I don't show up but if I know I'm I'm putting out good well-earned money every month I show up on the coaching calls and I do the work and so that's mm-hmm. why I'm also passionate about like I want them to put some skin in the game and I don't want this to be some freebie thing because I mean I do free workouts too because once in a while just to you know share and, and serve but the people that see the best results really like come two or three days a week consistently for months and then they get to start reaping the reward. So So, you do three group classes
0: a week for that fee that you charge.
1: Yeah. And Jody was just on here. I don't know if she's still on, but she's the other coach and she actually stayed on with me from when we closed Ironside and she's got like, she's been like a group exercise instructor for 22 years. She's got great energy and we found that to translate through the zoom screen, you had to be more, you had to be bigger. You had to be more engaged, um, but yeah, we Jen and one of my clients, Jen, just hopped on. So yeah, they pay. It's a weekly fee, twenty nine dollars a week, and there's also a Facebook community. There's also other resources. I also do extra seminars on different topics um, here and there, and um, yeah, and we also send out all the recordings. So if they miss the live workout, send out the recording too. So, so so sorry, Jody is her name. Jody, yeah, I don't know if she's still on. So you and Jody are working as a
0: team to train the members?
1: Yeah, so we, we have a 6 a.m. workout mountain time and then 9.30. And so we alternate. So if one does the 6, the other does the 9.30 and vice versa.
0: So like Monday, Wednesday, Friday,
1: or? Yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Wow, that's awesome. That's, that's so really simple fun. And, and so and, perfect. Like, and there's no excuse because, like, you just open your computer. It could be anywhere in the world dumbbell we just use dumbbells and body weight so it's like Mm -hmm. i always like that idea of like no even body weight like you don't need weights if you don't want weights like i think and also they're short like i think they're short 45 minutes but we do like a full warm-up a full cool down stretch like but Mm. you don't need to be in the gym for an hour and a half like that's old school Mm -hmm. i think that's this what i do three days a week and i lift and I challenge my body. And then the other days, I go for a walk or, you know, a cross-country ski or whatever. But um, that's what I love. I love the three-day-a-week schedule. It works really well for me.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool to hear. And then when you do fat loss coaching, is that a group program and or a one-on-one? Or how does that work?
1: Yeah, I've shifted now to just doing it in a group. Um, It starts anytime, but it's a 12-week program. And I teach sort of everything I believe needs to be in place for successful fat loss for life. So nutrition's big, um, lifestyle change, like better sleep, less stress, um, you know, more self care, that kind of stuff that a lot of weight loss yeah. programs ignore I yeah. found. And then also uh, mindset. So mm-hmm. I've always found if you don't believe in yourself or you don't think you're worthy or you think you're going to fail again, or you think, you know, if, you, if you have some mindsets that aren't in line with where you're going as you know mm-hmm. um we're going to sabotage yourself so i like to sprinkle the mindset into and then accountability is the biggest thing because you could go on the internet and find a great weight loss plan but the, the difference between knowing what to do and doing it consistently is yeah. like night and day right so mm-hmm. i like maybe don't hold your hand but i'm with you every step of the way i'm checking in on you a couple times a week we have group calls And so it's, it's not like, Oh, here's your plan. Good luck. It's like, no, there's checkpoints, there's support, there's motivation, all of that. So I think accountability is the number one thing I think most people are missing that struggle and I missed it. I was missing it. Um, So I'm really passionate about that. And that's partly like the workouts. Yeah. The people that show up live, it's like, they set the time, they know I'm waiting for them or Jody. And it's like there's accountability there, right? Versus just saying, "Oh, I'll do a recording sometime later," which works for some people. But I think just knowing you've got a time in the schedule slotted for you makes such a difference for a lot of people. For me, that's cool. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. What a great—I uh, don't know. I know that there's probably some people like you mentioned that are out there that are a little bitter. But you know, for you to be able to. Create the business that you wanted to create all those years, but didn't have the time or the even the, the the understanding of how to stop being so busy with all those things and shift into this. And like the universe has put you here now, doing these things. Like it's it just sounds so. Meant to be, and so what a fantastic story, and just a really heartwarming story, and inspiring story that you have. And I'm just really honored that you took the time to share it with uh, all of the lovely ladies in Fempreneurland and beyond. So thank you.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. That was really fun. And yeah, awesome. Yeah, I think all of us can make something out of our challenges for sure. So I think. Definitely. That's always an attitude I've had is like, how can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? How can I make some, how can I come out stronger than before? And I think that's such a good way to go through life is like, this isn't yeah. happening, this isn't happening to you, this is happening for you. And if you could literally losing my business, like having my business like decimated by a like by COVID happened for me and only was i a victim for a few weeks and i needed to grieve and all that but then i was like i shifted to like how can i learn and grow from this and i think that's the best way to do life is like every challenge i mean it's easier said than done but you know even i'm i'm having a procedure next week for like pre cancer cells in my body and i'm like of course i'm a little scared but i'm also like why is the universe bringing this in my path like what do I need mm-hmm. to learn from this? What do I need to change in my lifestyle? What, what kind of self care do I need to do? How do I need to heal emotionally? How do I need to be grateful for the medical system? Like I'm like shifting to like, what do I need? How can I up level from this? And I think mm-hmm. such a nice way to, nicer way to do life than just, oh, everything's happening to yeah, me. Yeah. Everyone's against me. The world's against me. That's kind of how I used to live my life. And it's yeah. not fun. So yeah, yeah. I want to share that.
0: But thank you so much, Stacy. I love all your comments. stacy has been rocking it with us. Nice. Thank you, Stacy. I can't see any of the comments. Oh, really? So there's That's something funny. wrong with, uh, by the way, I will chop the podcast, uh, episode like five seconds ago. Um, but yeah, there's been something <laughs> with, with Instagram live here where it the entire time I'm live, it says, hang on, we're telling more followers to join your video, and I can't see any of the comments. So That's there must be something in my Instagram live settings that I need to play with because yeah, something's been weird lately. I don't know. Turn off requests to go live share too. Anyways, okay, I'll let you get back to your day. Thank you again so much for it. That was so fun. I that
1: was, like, more. that was really cool. I'm gonna uh, Yeah, I wanna
0: do more of these since they're fun. If you want to get in touch with Charmaine to um, to get in touch with her for, you know, joining her fitness community, so you want to show up for some of those workouts, if you want to get in touch with her about the fat loss coaching, Charmaine, how do people get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, I mean, the easiest would just be message me here on um, Instagram. I, uh, I'm on Facebook as well. I think I'm the only okay. Charmaine Ironside. And yeah, yeah, I've got a 14-day trial of my workouts for a dollar, and um, I've got lots of good resources for fat loss without dieting and doing it in an enjoyable way, so i um, happy to share.
0: All right, FemPrinters. thank you so much for listening today. Right now I'm gonna give you a little teaser of what's coming up next week. Uh, I'm gonna be interviewing Marilyn and she came into FemPrinter Marketing School with her new business, ready to launch it out to the world. Um, she's a personal trainer, she is a power lifter And so she's got a really cool story to share with you about how she's maneuvered through all of the challenges that she's faced. Um, and also she's got some really great marketing tips for you. Um, things that she's learned, uh, since coming into the YWC from printers, I'm going to give you a little sneak peek of that right now, and then I'll see you back here next week.
2: Moved to Calgary when I met my, um, second husband Kevin met him and uh, you know it was kind of, of those old-fashioned romances and uh, ah, just awesome. anyway we have between the two of us we have seven kids um, I left my career in Winnipeg behind and had to start a career here and uh, I ended up Um, in a corporate secretary role, which for those who don't know, it's um, a senior governance role in a publicly traded organization. Um, Trained hard, decided I was gonna compete. And there we were. Um, You know, some of my days I was lifting 7,000 pounds all combined and it was wonderful. Like I felt so safe with my coach. And um, anyway, and then, It was, you know, one of those those nights in October when in Calgary we get that rain and snow. And I didn't want to walk my dog, but I had to. I'd worked late because I had one of those careers that, you know, it wasn't an eight to five job. It was a, you know, an eight to eight job. And I slipped and fell. Um, It was dark out and it was cold. And when I fell. I went straight back. I was on, I was coming down a hill, hit my the back of my head. I hit it so hard that I bounced and bounced twice before I stopped myself. Anyway, I couldn't get up. And um I didn't know it at the time. Actually, I was very, very fortunate that a couple came along and helped me, um, helped me get a hold of my son who came to get me. When I passed that course um, or that, that, that certification, I knew that I, I could begin training. So it was just like, okay, I'm not entirely ready, but I'm going to start business today.